With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Today's guest is my good friend, Mike Herrera. Mike and I go way back, and it's always a pleasure anytime we have the chance to catch up with one another. Mike chose the MXPX song Let's Ride to discuss today. This is a newer song from the band's vast catalog that was released in 2018 from their self-titled record. The song has quickly become a fan favorite among MXPX fans. We touched on the fact that the lyrics are super relatable on a number of levels, just about anybody that listens to it, and that is one of the reasons the song has resonated so well. We talk about the importance of today's technology, from streaming services to video games and how that plays into a song's success. And while reading the lyrics of this song, I mentioned how they triggered a memory about the first time I met Mike all the way back in the year 1996. For all this and much more, stay tuned. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. We released uh, the self-titled record in 2018, and that's what Let's Ride is on. That's when it first appeared. And so we released this song. We were under the impression that it would go away in a few weeks. And that's kind of what a lot of records were doing, a lot of new records. Um, And new music for a band like us didn't usually sell or spread. Luckily, we were wrong, (laughs) you know, very wrong. You know, it really, it really took, I think it did, it took you back. It did that for everybody that heard it. Yeah. And I didn't expect that to happen, to be honest, because, you know, when you're writing and you're working on it, you know, it's a good song or this or that, or you think it's a good song, but you're really close to it. So you don't hear it for the first time the way other people hear it for the first time. So I think that was, that was huge. And it was the first new music people had heard from us since 2014. Uh, we had put out a couple singles, uh, but that's more, more, you know, to the fandom. But what I mean is this is a wider release. Well, and, and so, and yeah. To go, to go back, you know, the, the record prior to this was six years before in 2012, Plans Within Plans. So uh, you had mm-hmm. a six-year gap. I guess you did re- uh, record some singles and whatnot, but that's a pretty big uh, gap in the scheme of things. Uh, was this song specifically written for the self-titled record or, or was this a song maybe you uh, wrote for Plans Within Plans or shortly thereafter they kind of sat around or, or was it a newer idea for uh, the self-titled album? Uh, it was a newer idea. It was one that I wrote just in the middle of the whole writing process. And I, so so 2017 was when I was writing and working on the record with the band. And uh, I would just take a new song almost every week. We'd practice like once a week. It was a it was an insane year. Like we never practiced that much, right? So, <laughs> but uh <laughs> We uh, we got to practice about once a week and just our schedules lined up and I'd bring them about a new song a week and we'd just be hashing out these songs and some of them didn't fit right or you know weren't quite right and I'd rewrite a part and then boom but um, there was there was some stuff uh, to this that we 
we changed up a little bit. Um, the bridge wasn't the bridge until until later, you know, after playing it through with the band a little bit. And I think the pre-chorus was maybe originally the chorus. And I was like, I need a better chorus, you know? And so <laughs> I wrote the chorus of Let's Write. And they're like, oh, okay, that's the one. That's the chorus. So uh, that's something I didn't do back in the day. Like back when I first started writing, I would write a song and there's the song. And, <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, let's write another song. So like this, of course, these days, you know, I'll write a bit and then I'll think about it and I'll be like, eh, something's not sitting right with me. And I'll go back and, and figure out what that is about it. But yeah, this song was uh, a song that I came up with, uh, you know, the first line about the time that I turned 14 and that could, that could go anywhere. That could be a country song, you know, it could be sure. anything. Sure. But, sure. And and I want to get into all that in a second. And you kind of started to uh, uh, answer some of my questions that I haven't asked yet with uh, talking about the chorus, the pre-chorus, which, which is, which is awesome. You went into that. And I do want to talk about that, but real quick was, uh, did you produce this record? Was it self-produced? I couldn't find uh, that in info out. Yes. It was self-produced with MXPX, you know, me and the guys and Tom Chichilla, our, our manager, Right. He, he, uh, he helped, he had a lot of input, you know, but he wasn't ever in the room with us. It was okay. more just like, he would help, like, I would send him a bunch of songs and be like, oh, I like this one. I like this one or this one's, you know, work on this. So a lot, of, a little bit of what a producer does. It sounds great. It sounds awesome. Um, you know, I think it stands up there with any of the major label records you did with, with name producers. I think it, it sounds awesome. And that's why I, I wanted to ask that. Um, you know, I, I would, I would mention one more thing. Casey sure. Bates, engineered recorded and mixed it so i mean he he knows what he's doing as well he's from seattle and um although he didn't produce it you know he had a big hand in the sound and we kind of told him what what we wanted it to be and he's like i like that all right let's do this so okay so you you kind of started to touch on it and i'm, I'm we're going to go through all the lyrics here in a second i want to i want to break down the arrangement because i i find the arrangement fascinating in this song and i'll i'll, I'll tell you why in a minute but the song when you wrote it and uh you know, you'd mentioned a moment ago, sometimes you'll, uh, as, you, as an older songwriter, you've know, had some experience, you'll go back to a song and say, ah, that's not sitting right with me. I want to do something. When you wrote the song, was the lyrics and, and the music done at the same time? Did it just kind of, uh, you wrote it and, and that's what it is? Or did it go through any evolutions uh, with, when you uh, showed it to the band? Um, it definitely went through some evolutions, but not much. Like it, it was more or less the progressions that I had written, but it was more about like, where do we put where do we put, you know, this part and how loud do we play it? And, um, but the way I write, a lot of times I'll come up with a lyric and I might come, you know, strum a chord. So about the time that I turned 14, you know, that could be, that could be there without actually knowing that it's going down to, to the, uh, F sharp minor or whatever it is. F sharp uh, minor. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as if I don't know, um, <laughs> You know, so like, I don't necessarily have all the parts right when I'm writing those first lyrics. It's just it. But I, what I do is I iterate on it or reiterate on it, where I'll play that part. And I do this with choruses more, but I'll I'll play that part and I'll just try lyrics and try doing the ver, you know, the the verse melody differently and see what kind of just fits. And if something, if some, if I can remember to do it again, even though I'm recording everything on voice memos. If I can remember to do that again, then I just start moving into what fits right for me. Okay. And sometimes that can be bad. You know, if you're like, if you're like, oh, I always do this one thing over and over, then you have to consciously 
think about that, but I try not to worry about that. It's just, it's all about what is fitting together, what's making sense. And uh, the 14 thing sparked me, the age thing. And then I'm like, well, obviously I can go on. I can go to 16 and, you know, and, and, and from there, you know, you write a bunch of different numbers and then see what works, right? Like, oh, well, that, that 19 one works, but I don't know about the 21. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned a moment ago, and I, I want to tell you, you, you did a, a fantastic job of, of setting up this album and this song. I mean, you guys did a Kickstarter, which gets your fans involved. Um, Let's Ride uh, was featured on uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, one and two, the re-release of that, yeah. which that's huge. Okay. That's huge. That is huge. And this video uh, on YouTube has 2 million views. That is nothing to sneeze at. And, you know, I, I'll say it again. If this song was on uh, one of your earlier records, it would be a classic now. It would. This song's, Absolutely. This song's awesome. You know, I've said that on, on past episodes. Uh, the last Metallica record had, had one of my favorite Metallica songs ever. If it was on Master of Puppets, it'd be revered as a classic today. But yeah. Let, Let's Ride doesn't have 25 years of memories attached to it for people. No no yeah. matter how good the song is, it's tough to get people to want to listen to to a new artist and uh, or an older artist, excuse me, with, with their newer music. With, and uh, you guys seem to have accomplished that with this. It's been insane. Like uh, Tony Hawk was was a huge personal victory for me. So like getting to be part of that, you know, that is huge. And, and it brings back all those nostalgic memories. And now we're just going to start building onto this song, those those memories from right now. So uh, we, we here's the thing. We never paid attention to Spotify. We did we did um, a Kickstarter that went amazing. And that was sort of an eye opener. And we never paid attention to Spotify, Apple Music pre-release at all. We, we didn't even have access to our artist uh, page, you know, all the services or whatever, till weeks after the self-titled uh, record came out. That's how, how little we paid attention, you know, yeah. but soon we realized you know, we should probably pay more attention to this. This is actually, we can we can make money doing other things than just playing live. We can diversify, make money on new music. It was like an, a huge eye-opener. So now, after spending two years really working these, these new songs, Let's Ride is number one. It's our first, it's our most popular song on Spotify. And like even more than punk, uh, Chick Magnet, Punk Rock Show, all that. So that's pretty incredible. impressive for a band band that's been around 28 years. But, uh, you know, that that self-titled record that came out with, in 2018, hitting people, taking them back to the, the early years of their life, hitting that nostalgia in a way that, like you said, you can't get in a new song. We kind of got some built-in nostalgia yeah. with this song that shouldn't have been there if it was about something else. But... Um, it really, you know, the fact that that it hit and it's still hitting, you know, with the, with even being on Tony Hawk is giving it new life. Being on your show is giving it new life. Uh, it's what every band really wants is to have longevity and then still be able to make something new that people care about. So thank you, everybody that listened. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and 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 again, um, I, I love the track, and uh, you guys gave yourselves uh, the, the best foot forward you could. You know, as as veteran bands. 
um, it, it's hard to appreciate certain things sometimes like, Hey, there's this new thing out. Uh, you know, it's called TikTok, or there's this thing called Spotify. Well, how does that play into us? And sometimes you don't know until finally the light bulb goes off. You're like, wait a second. There's, there's other income streams here. There's other stuff here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, something like Tony Hawk, for instance, with this song that opens you up to a way younger audience that weren't even born. Some of them back in the nineties when you guys started. Um, and I know you're seeing that now as, as my band is with, uh, uh, parents bringing their, their, their children to the shows and there's two and sometimes three generations with it, which is fantastic. Um, so I'd like to get in, into the lyrics now. And, um, you know, the, the first lyric you mentioned is about the time that I turned 14, um, which I love the second line because you rhyme 14 somehow with landscaping the way you sing it. About the time that I turned 14, I got a job doing landscaping. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's an art, that's an art form. It really is like people don't get it. Like, but when I sat down with this song, got the guitar out and I went through it and I was like, that really struck me right off. About the time that I turned 14, I got a job doing landscaping. Doesn't seem when I'm talking that it would rhyme, but Mike makes it rhyme. Check out the track. Um, those days were long and my old boss was mean. About the time that I turned 16, I got a car and no place to be. I'd fill up the tank and drive out to the sea. That's the first verse. Um, and I'm assuming this is autobiographical. It is. And, and, it, and it's weird because it's not just autobiographical. It's also, there's also hints of like Tom's life. Like Tom, uh, our guitar player, Tom Wisniewski, he, it's also true of me that I, I had no place to be at 16 with a car, but he would do the same things. And in fact, nowadays he does this all the time. So what he does is he'll he'll on on the weekends if we don't if we don't have band stuff or whatever a lot of times over the summer he's been driving out to the sea not because of the song because he loves to just go out and drive he'll go out and hike go to the beach whatever it is he likes to get out into nature and uh every time i hear that line i think of tom and so like i there must be other people hearing this thinking of their own life or something from their something that they know about so yeah it's autobiographical but i feel like everybody's had a mean boss <laughs> yeah well everybody has had a mean <laughs> boss and and at the same time you know you had kind of mentioned you know uh, i don't know you said something alluding to a country song a moment ago but yeah this yeah. is kind of down to you know hometown lyric type vibe here that that i think everyone can kind of relate to and i think that's uh some of the other reason that this song is is uh, latched on to people that's true. You know, we we band guys, songwriters can and have written a lot of songs about how cool it is to be in a band and how cool it is to tour. And and it is. But not everybody can relate to that. You know, so like that's another reason why I think people just relate to this song is because there's nothing about it that screams you can't do that, too. You know, <laughs> you know, so yeah. like. Or, or you may, you know, you haven't been there. So I think the video um, reflected that pretty cool too. You know, it was it was about this young kid being bullied and then discovering music and kind of coming into his own and finding who he really is. And then later on in his young adult life, finding a, a partner to, to live, you know, live life with and make an MXPX baby, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and, and you, you touched on it a moment ago. Like I said, you were starting to answer my questions before I asked them. Uh, the, the pre-chorus of this song to me is a chorus and uh, the pre-chorus is the Rockies ain't too far from here. If we drive all night, the cold air will do you well in the mountain morning light. And it's interesting because 
the pre-chorus is in the song three times. The actual chorus is only in the song twice. Uh, you know, usually it, it's flip-flopped and, and we'll get more into that too, as we, as we go through this, which, which I love, but this part is just, it's so catchy that I could see why you thought this was a chorus initially. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love playing that song. It's funny. The song itself is, it's at one of those in-between tempos. So it's a gallop, but it's not super fast. So sometimes that strumming can be a little funky. And so like at first, like right at first when we were sort of like starting to play it uh, after we recorded, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this live. This is so weird. But of course, you know, played it a few more times. It was fine. But it is a little, it's not like an automatic, like I can nail this. I have to like kind of think <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, isn't that weird? Sometimes when you write songs, because, you know, we're live bands through and through. And we always think, at least I do, when I'm writing something, how this is going to translate to the live stage. But sometimes you'll yeah. go in and record and, and, and you'll get into, you know, I was talking about this on, on a show the other day, uh, strumming, you know, the different strumming patterns. And, and you'll you'll do it in the studio and then you'll go play it live and realize, wait a second, how do I do that and sing at the same time? <laughs> Totally. There's so, there's been a lot of those over the years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's, it turns into like, how the hell am I going to do this? From from the pre-chorus, we go into chorus number one, and uh, chorus one is so let's ride, let's ride on through the rain. Come on and take me anywhere that you want to be. So let's ride. And I'm going to go on the limb here and say, so let's ride is just kind of like a, a a metaphor of like going through life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can take it literally if you want to. I love riding skateboards. I love riding motorcycles, everything, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it's a metaphor. I mean, it's everything it's, it's, and that's maybe another reason why it's it hits people, right? Is because it's just such a simple term that you've heard before, but I, I'm, I'm kind of good at, I'm good at that, I guess, as a songwriter, taking the most simple things that anybody said but just hasn't necessarily been put in a punk song yet. Yeah, no, and that 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 again, and that's like a bit of an art form to be able to do that and be able to be okay with a simple idea. You know, the the further I get in my career, I'm always trying to cram too much stuff into a song. Like it, it can't be that simple. Well, sometimes sometimes you have to listen to what the song just wants to be. And yes, it can be that simple. Something else you mentioned a moment ago that I thought was was interesting. You said, you know, it's kind of that in-between beat. Because um, I almost feel like the one thing about this song, if it was released in the 90s, it might have been up four or five clicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, because we were all playing stuff too fast back then. And that was that was kind of the thing to do. But uh, I think you guys guys nailed, nailed the tempo on this one. Um, we get into the second verse, uh, by the time that I turned 19 is the first lyric. And well, by the time you turn 19 is when I pretty much first met you. That was around the mid nineties. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember Absolutely. meeting you out in, in Seattle and your mother was backstage and you know, I believe your mother was helping or managing your career at that point. And I remember thinking how young you looked and I was only a couple years older than you, but you know, you see pictures in magazines, whatever, and we had been listening to you guys and we got to meet you. I'm like, these guys are really young. And you were, you were 19. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were always the youngest band for, for a long time, for a long time. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. When I read that lyric today, it took me, I immediately went back. I'm, I'm trying to think, was it, was it DV8 we played with you guys the first time out there or, or 
or uh, yeah, something that sounds right. Deviate, maybe Deviate or, or one of the other. Uh, what was the other place? Rock Candy. It might have been Rock Candy. Rock Candy. Oh yeah, yeah. One of one of those places. And I remember your mom when you, you didn't see too many moms backstage. Maybe a dad once in a while. But I'm like, whoa, his mom's here. And like, oh, she well, she kind of helps with the band. Like, well, that, that's different, you know. But uh, yeah, not very punk. Well, it, it was <laughs> yeah. I I never got that from it. I just got like that's strange. His mom's here, but that's kind of cool, you know, like. And, and I, I actually remember thinking, it shows you how young I was, and, and I don't know if it was naive necessarily, but thinking like, wow, like, th- th- these guys must really be onto something. Like, if their mom's, like, hanging out with them, like, she must think they're going to be, like, famous or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you think about when you're that young. Like my, my dad wasn't hanging out, you know, like, trying to manage the, yeah. manage the damn band. Um, so by the time that I turned 19, I'd seen so much, and I was still green, it's taken me a time or two to learn the things I watch you do for me. There I was at 29. I can't believe I'm still alive. Though it was never easy, yeah, you and me were born to survive. And who's, who's the you uh, in this? Well, for me, it's, you know, my significant other, but f- I think for anybody, it's just their, their person or their f- best friend or their mm-hmm. brother or sister. Or it could be anybody. Yeah. So I didn't, I wrote it for me, but I also wrote it for anybody. So that's kind of, so Chris, you know, it's funny, Chris, uh, Tom asked me that he asked me, <laughs> what are you talking about? Cause I mean, his mom passed away right around, like a little bit before we were working on this record. And so I think also he kind of has a lot of memories of, of her, when he hears this song, which is intense to think about, you oh, know. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know his mom passed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Year, I mean, years ago now, but yeah. you know, but having something like that come up, and I wonder. I just wonder. I should probably ask him, but um, yeah, I wonder. So I think a lot of people have things about songs, and and this song in particular just hits people in their own way. That I, I can't think of. I can think of a lot of other reasons, but I think this is honestly like the the true emotional reason why people like the song. Yeah, well, it, it can speak to, you know, and that's why music just talks to people differently. Everyone can take something away from it. And this is one of those songs that just does that. You know, I think you hit a home run here and I think it's one of the definitive uh, MXPX songs, you know, and especially this late in your career to come up with something like this is, is testament to just, you know, how good of a songwriter you are. And I, and I truly mean that. And, um, you know, from verse two, we go Dude. back back to that pre-chorus. Pre-chorus number two is the same as the first one. Um, uh, the Rockies ain't too far from here. If we drive all night, the cold air will do you well in the mountain morning light. And again, that comes on. I just like, man, it feels like a chorus. But I realized it wasn't when we got to the actual chorus. Um, here is something that I maybe the early days of of my songwriting less than Jake. I do a trick like this. But I can't believe how well it works here. You don't go into a second chorus here. You go into a bridge with this just crazy drum beat. The whole feel of the song changes here. It's like da 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 da. And you're still getting the lyric. And then I was like, wait a second. At first, I th- I thought it was a chorus, and you just changed the the, the feel and the drum beat up because I read the first lyric. So let's ride. That was my escape. A way to change the tape that was playing. That was playing in my head. And then. 
I realized, wait a second, this, this isn't a, uh, the second course. This is a bridge. Uh, how did that come about? The, the, the thought process in that of like, okay, it's the pre-chorus. We're just going to go into the second chorus, but no, we're going to, we're going to throw a left curve here and, uh, and do the bridge. Mainly probably because it was, the song was getting too long. So we're like, we got to, we got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good answer. But, uh, it's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I've done, I've done, uh, the pre-chorus, second pre-chorus to bridge. I've done it before. So to me, it didn't seem that weird. Um, I, I, you know, I'll just go into these, these vocal sweeping vocal kind of things. And I think that's probably just what happened with this bridge is I, was looking to do something and I wasn't sure what to do and just started playing it. And once I start playing it, I'll just keep going to where, you know, like you as a songwriter probably know this, you just keep going to where you feel like it should go, but you don't know where it's going until you do it. So it's like, that's kind of what happened with this, this, uh, bridge, uh, musically. Oh, I, I think, I think it needed to happen yeah. too. that. Like I said, the drums, the, the whole feel of it changes here. And that's what makes it so interesting and such a, a breath of fresh air. Not that the song was getting monotonous or in, in any way, shape or form, but, uh, it was such a great departure. Thanks. Yeah. I think it, it needed to take you to a different place in order to like, okay, then come back down and end on that pre-chorus chorus. And, and immediately after the bridge, we go into pre-chorus number three. And it's rare that you get three pre-choruses in a song, but again, this is almost like, like the uh, the the baby brother to the chorus. It's like chorus number two in a way. And and I'm so uh, mm-hmm. I think it's so cool that it's in here. I think it's warranted to be in here three times. Uh, again, same lyrics. Why you know why uh, why fix it if it's not broken? The Rockies ain't too far away from here. <laughs> if we drive all night, the cold air will do you well in the mountain morning light. Um, that's awesome. Was. Was that the way the song structure was from the beginning? The bridge went back to that, or did you toy of going to the bridge to the chorus and not doing the pre-chorus again? Um, you know, we've we probably tried it. Now I'm trying to remember. Uh, we probably tried it just about every way it could go, and you kind of just figure out what works, what what seems to move the song along at the right times. That's that's what we're trying to do anyway. You know, you don't always succeed, but um, yeah, that one. I think it's just one of those things where you just, you try a few things and you're like, that's it. That's, th- that's the way to do it. Or, you know, and, and like we were talking about earlier, when you have something weighing on, you're like, there's something just not sitting well with me with this song. Sometimes it's like an, arra- just an arrangement thing and not even a lyric thing. And it could be, ah, we need to, we need to break down that chorus just a little bit or pre-chorus just a little bit. Then you're ready to get back into that regular chorus part. But yeah, I agree with you that it is almost like a two-part chorus. It, it really is, but it, it, it works perfectly. And I, I did want to ask, um, Tom Ticilli, your, your, your manager, you said, when I, was he in the studio with you, with you or were you just kind of like uh, sending him you know, progress along the way to listen to? Yeah, you know, we just send him progress. Okay. Like, like, like uh, we'd practice, do some like practice demos. I'd be like, here, here's the new version. What do you think? That kind of stuff. So, was, so yeah, it was, it was all pre-production stuff. Okay, so I know you had someone else, I believe you said Casey to mix the record. Yeah, Casey Bates came in and, and recorded and mixed. Oh, he did. Um, oh, so he, and, and, okay, he engineered. Yeah, and yeah, he engineered. Yep, yep, yep. So he came to to my studio here at, at in Bremerton, and just worked. It was great. Did it was did Casey did Casey have any input? Did you ever ask for it, or was he just a glorified engineer and kind of just sat back and uh, behind behind the scenes, or did he have any input? 
Because some guys, you know, no, you, no, you know no. how that works. Some guys are, are very yeah. vocal and you want their opinion and other people and they know their place. And they're not going to say anything. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he, he would have input now and again. For the most part, we knew what we were wanting to do already. Um, but every now and then something you're like, oh, we hadn't thought of that. Or now that we're hearing it, maybe we should do this differently or whatever. But yeah, sure. Like he'll be like input as far as. Let's do another. Let's let's double this track. Let's do that. You know, like all of that. Yes, of course. He's he's great. And you, and you, um, and you stop taking the engineer's input when he suggests that Yuri should sing the song. That's when you're like, okay, dude, just yeah. Shut yeah. Up. <laughs> 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 no offense, Yuri. I love you. Um, <laughs> um, now Yuri's playing bass on the next record. So that. that was the compromise. Full sleeve tattoos, <laughs> lip rings. <laughs> um, chorus three. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Chorus two. Oh. The the last chorus of That's true. The, la- the last yeah, we got pre-chorus three, but we never have a chorus three. Um chorus two. We come uh, directly into after pre-chorus three. Uh the first half is the same. So let's ride. Let's ride on through the rain. Come on and take me anywhere that you want to be. Then it goes halftime again, but it's not the same beat as the bridge. Okay. It's like a different halftime thing with Yuri doing some really cool drum stuff. Let's ride and let's ride. And this is the only time in the song that it happens. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's follow the skyline. And when we make it to the other side, we'll find all the bluest skies. And I love that it ends on the suspense chord C sharp. It never uh, resolves back to G sharp. And uh, that I just... I've always loved. I call it the cliffhanger. Um, set this up a little bit. Uh, what was the thought of, you know what? Cause typically here, a lot of times you would just double, uh, the chorus, you know, just make it twice the same thing. How did that other part come up? Was that something you, you, you were like, you know what? I don't want to double the chorus. I want something else to be different. Or had you maybe written this part to be the bridge or somewhere else in the song that it didn't work or was it all written how it is? You know, that part was my Valhalla, story in a way it was sort of like the i wanted to end it like that because i wanted to leave people thinking i guess about themselves about their own life and that's why it suspends like that also suspending not not resolving a, a song can not always but can result in people wanting to just listen right again to the same song to like Ah, I need to hear that one more time. I've said know? that before. I don't know if anyone else is it. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, that that's that's really cool that you that you say that because I feel the same way when I hear that. I call it the suspense chord, the cliffhanger. I want to re- I want to yeah. put the song back on. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of two parts, but yeah, you know, leaving people thinking about death, thinking about mortality, thinking about um, in a good way though, not in a bad way, like not in a negative negative way like it's it's an uplifting part it's you know all we can do is hope for the best and work towards that um but valhalla meaning whatever it is you believe if you believe in a heaven or whatever hopefully you get there someday you know that that's the idea behind it 
Right. Okay. Um, do you, when you were doing the record, did this song stick out amongst the other songs? Were you like, this is the the lead single, the hit, the the one that's going to touch people, or uh, was it kind of just another song until it took a life on its own when you released it? It was it was one of four that I knew was like, okay, this is this is like one of the stronger ones. But honestly, F- Friday tonight was probably what we all thought was going to be the single up until I don't know a couple weeks before <laughs> before before we released Let's Ride, but um. We, we thought Let's Ride or Friday Tonight, which Friday Tonight is number three on the record and Let's Ride is number four on the record. So between between those, we basically were like, okay, it's gotta be one of these that will be the best song on the record or you know the thing that people cling to. The fact that it was Let's Ride, it kind of became a little bit more clear as we started thinking about it. Once we saw the video, we were just like, this is definitely the best way to tell the story of what we're doing right now self-titled record mxpx and fans you know and when you say so, we was this was this besides the three of you in the band was this uh, management and everybody else close to you that, w- that was hearing the track felt the same way yeah yeah it was it was um the band and and tom chichilla basically trying to figure out okay what do we do because we were you know we had we had had the record on kickstarter and that was great and so it was up to us completely to release it and figure out what, what we were going to do. Cause we, on Kickstarter, we said, you know, this is an independent release. We're going DIY. We're just going to try to promote it around the world and see what happens. So all the money that, that didn't go towards buying, you know, product to send out and, and all that and pressing vinyl and all that, actually a lot of it went to, uh, marketing, marketing money. Mm-hmm. So well, a lot of ads spent. <laughs> well, no, and you guys marketed the heck out of it. And, uh, you know, kudos to your to your team uh, because it's been just really noticeable, not only what's happened with the band, but what's happened with your uh, your solo career outside of the band, your visibility. Uh, it's been it's been fantastic to see what, what's happened the past couple of years. And uh, I, I know, that, again, we, we started the show off talking about your, your work ethic, which is certainly a, a huge part of it. But uh, the team you got behind you has done a fantastic job. Um, and you and I have talked about that and, uh, yeah, they've, they, it, it's been, been awesome to watch. Um, when you, uh, went out to play this song, do you remember the first time that you played it live and what the, what the audience reaction was? Yes. Um, it was, I think it was Los Angeles or something like you know, maybe the Troubadour. I'm, I'm not sure exactly which was the first show we did after our record came out, but it was like definitely a Southern California show. Um, it's been insane. I mean, one, people are singing the lyrics and you're like, oh my gosh. When people come up to you and say, my mom watched the video or my grandma watched the video, <laughs> it's like- <laughs> Your 19 year old so self funny. wants to smack them and yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know you know what? The success of the song, like what it made, it, it really helped us focus on doing what we wanted to do um, rather than being, because we went broke making this record. We were absolutely broke. We depleted the band fund because we have a band account, you know, that just when we do shows and stuff and get make merch or whatever it is, you know, we have a band account, but we hadn't been playing that many shows. We were working on the record for months. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in 2018. And so, yeah, it was, it was a little crazy. So that's, you know, the Kickstarter really helped that out, but realizing we can make money releasing music was huge realizing uh releasing merch all of that playing less shows so we could basically pick 
or choose the shows we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a, in a way that works with our schedules, it made us realize we can make money in multiple places rather than just always, always touring. I mean, we love to tour, but man, you get so run into the ground sometimes. You just need you need to to take a break a little bit. But so our schedule was by design, not des- desperation. So in turn, it helped us enjoy being a band. I've never been closer to Tom and Yuri than we have been in the last, you know, three or four years. Um, and that, you know, making this new record and the success of the the record really, really uh, made a huge difference. You know, if it's like a bummer and nobody wants to hear your music, the band's going to be a little less enthusiastic about hanging out with each other and going out and playing shows, you know? Well, or, or, or creating a new record. I mean, ultimately, we, we, we make music as artists for ourselves. But, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you want your fans to, to like your music. Ultimately, they, they liked all of your early stuff. You know, we, at least I think I'm getting better as a songwriter and as a performer. I want them to like the new stuff. So it is a little intimidating. And it's always for me. That's why I asked you, remember, if you remember the first time you played Let's Ride, that first time I ever play a new song, I don't know what it is. It's always nerve wracking. And once I do it the first time, then it's fine. No matter what the audience reaction is, if they're, you know, t- taking off for the exits or if they're singing every word, it's that first time is always just like, I'm, I'm like, you know, 10 and two clutching the wheel type thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if you could see audience like, um, reactions as thought bubbles in there, you know, coming out off of people's heads like like you would like on a video or something <laughs> <laughs> these guys were so much better it'd, in the it'd 90s be, <laughs> it'd be mo- i mean it would be mostly love but you would have like one like or it'd be like a crap face or something a poop face yeah. i don't know i got you don't we, we don't we don't want to know what you're thinking <laughs> i gotta get i gotta get up early can't they just play chick magnet yeah yeah i mean i i went to tom petty and i didn't know his new songs nearly as well as you know his his classics but i would never ever think to like yell out play free falling you know, whatever <laughs> yeah free fall. i was gonna say free bird i think <laughs> that's not a petty song uh but but there were people in the audience yelling like come on play what song we know or whatever it's like dude come on yeah give the guy a break so he's a legend exactly um, other thing i want to touch on real quick in the song uh chord arrangement was the song ever when you initially wrote it was it more straight there's a lot of accidentals in this song and i'm trying to i've never talked about accidentals on the show i'm trying to explain to the in my my mind right now to the listeners it's basically holding a chord and and taking one of your fingers and going over a half step and there's a ton of that in this song Mm -hmm. was the song written more straight and that was something that came later or was the chord progression always kind of kind of that no, that, I think that was the chord progression. I, I write a lot of accidentals and thank you for naming that because I never knew it was called an accidental. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from Roger about 20 years ago and I never forgot it. So, wow. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Tom, Tom always says that cause I taught him, uh, basically when he joined MXPX, I taught him how to play guitar. I was like, all right, here's a minor chord. He's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lot of the, but a lot of the things like that, I would show him an accidental and I wouldn't tell him it was an accidental. Cause I didn't know. I would just say like, I heard these are called devil chords yeah, and that's a good why term. I would call them devil. Yeah. Because you can do them with doing the devil sign, like with your fingers, uh-huh. with your hand. So you can do the chord with your first finger and your pinky finger. Yep. And then the two are up. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Devil chord. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like, and then later on, I was, like, looking at, I don't know, I was looking at, like, maybe a Beatles lyric chord sheet, and I would see, okay, so 
you know, G G over G sharp, or sorry, G over G flat, or I guess it would be F sharp, same thing. But that's how you would write an accidental, or at least on a chord chart. Mm -hmm. But it was never called accidental there either, at least what I was reading. <laughs> well, yeah, and then, of, of course, uh, you know, bands in our genre, no effects is the kings of that. They they, they do that uh, do that a ton, and it's just it's just cool. And I don't know, I just, when I was thinking of this song, and I was breaking it down, like, because I have written songs without them, and I'll put them in later to spice it up. It's like, ah, this chord range is just kind of the samey, which, you know, this this song isn't that complex chord-wise until you get into those those moves we were just talking about, which which makes it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um well, you know, look, we're going to wrap up here in a minute. I just want to uh, thank you for taking the time to, to talk to us. Um, I can't say it enough. Uh, you know, I've, I've loved you and your band for, geez, 25 years now or, or longer. Uh, but I really, really love this song and I'm and, and so stoked that you picked it. I think it's one of the best songs you guys have ever written. Dude, thank you so much, man. That blows me away. I appreciate it. And I respect you as a songwriter. You're insane. So, well, I mean, that, that, thank that, you. that means a lot. Is there uh, anything you'd like to, to leave the listeners with of uh, everything you, that you have going on, uh, either Mike Herrera solo yeah. or MXBX? Well, dude, we've been uh, kind of toiling in, in secret a little bit. And it just so happens this Friday, October 16th at 6.30 p.m., MXPX is going to host a live stream show, full band show, from the studio here, it's gonna be so much fun. I can't wait. And we've been working on it and building this thing for like a month or two. It's been insane. Awesome. So thank you. C congratulations. Are you gonna play Let's Ride? We're gonna play Let's Ride <laughs> three times now. <laughs> you gotta play it, man. If the listeners, you know, gotta play Let's Ride. That that's uh, uh, that's great. Uh, and is this your uh, your first live stream within uh, for, for the year within the pandemic? Yeah, it's our first first full band live stream. I did a bunch of solo live streams for Life in Quarantine sessions um, right when the pandemic hit, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but we just, you know, we we knew that things weren't going to be over just yet, and we could take our time and, and build something. So I literally just built, I mean, it's not going to look that much different if people have seen the inside of the studio because it's mostly equipment that i had to buy and like hook up but um built a whole live stream setup oh man so. that that's really cool well uh looking forward to that and uh how can uh, people find that go to mxpx.com that's the place perfect and uh for our listeners that don't know where can they find uh, mike carrera on all the socials uh you can follow me on instagram twitter or facebook or whatever it's mike herrera td perfecto well hey once again, buddy, I, I, I appreciate you uh, taking taking the time to speak to me, and uh, you've been uh, been asked about a lot from the listeners, and I know they're going to be stoked to uh, to hear this episode. Dude, I'm so happy you had me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Chris to Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is submit your song and bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. 
This week's featured band is Lamanta, a catchy pop-punk band from Sacramento, California. On guitar and vocals, we have Kyle Olson. Also on guitar and vocals, Steve Smith. On the drums, Jason Chase. And on the bass, Scott Westerink. Here's a snippet of their song, Be There or Be Square, slowly going the way of Mark Ruffalo. The Rap with Chris and Chris. So before I even get into the song itself, I want to stress how cool it is that a band that's been around and been so good for so long, like MXPX, could release one of their most popular songs this far into their career. Oh, it's it's remarkable. I, I even mentioned it to Mike uh, in the episode. Just they they really gave themselves their best foot forward with this. You know, doing a Kickstarter involves your fans, so the fans had a vested interest. Getting on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, game, just. All of that combined, the fact that the song is just vintage MXPX sounding, uh, it, it was like lightning in a bottle for them, and, and good for them. I, I love the track. Dude, this song is great, and I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but I hadn't heard it before this. It's from 2018, and me, who admittedly listens to a lot of R&B music and pop music nowadays, didn't hear this song before that, but man, am I glad I did now, because... Like you said, this is vintage MXPX song written now. And I agree that this is one of their best, if not their best song. And, you know, like you said in the episode, this song doesn't have 25 years of memories attached to it. But there's a couple things. The lyrical content of the song uh, instantly gives you that nostalgia feeling because the song in itself is about nostalgia. It's about looking back and reflecting on your life. Uh, So that taps right into that feel, even if you don't have those memories attached to it. And on top of that, it sounds like MXPX, but just the very best of MXPX. They didn't try to do a whole new style or anything. They just took the style they're good at and put their best foot forward with it in 2018 and made what I believe is one of their best songs ever yeah and all the successes is just really well deserved i'm really glad that it got the attention because you know mike and i even touched on at the end of the episode just about how you know we we, as artists you write songs for yourself ultimately but you want the audience to like them and and they immediately he said it was immediate they went out and played the song for the first time in la and the crowd went berserk they were singing the right. lyrics back to him. And what? there's not much of a greater feeling as a performer to, to have that kind of adulation from your fans. It's awesome. Especially with a new song. That, right. You, know, you expect that from older songs, but from a new song, that that's not something that always happens. It takes a few years. It takes time for people to live through that song and with that song and have that song playing throughout a summer or something like that or whatever it is or have it playing through an important time in their life and so that takes time (laughs) yeah i've always admired uh bands that'll go out and they'll open uh, a show with a brand new song it's like wow that's that takes some cojones because uh you know it's 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 tough to do i I know what the audience reaction is going to be when we play all my best friends are metalheads i'm not so sure (laughs) what it's going to be like we we roll out a new track and spring it on them right out of the gate right 
Mike touched on this in the episode and you talked about it too, is we all do this. Everyone in a band at some point has a song about being in a band. <laughs> I know <we're, laughs> it's just, it's unavoidable because that's what you're living. You're, you're speaking your truth through your songs, but there's only a small percentage of people that can relate to that, <laughs> those type of songs. Uh, so when you have a song like let's ride that literally anyone can relate to you know that it's going to have more of a mass appeal yeah and i think that's why it had such an immediacy and it's just it's kind of instant when you read the lyrics it, it can you know it, it could be for anybody and it's funny this song really triggered a memory that i hadn't thought about in over 20 years that line in the second verse by the time that i turned 19 that's about the time that i met mike and we talked about his <laughs> me seeing his mom backstage and everything and so uh this song not only being relatable from a lyrical aspect, it was relatable because I was like, wow, that just out of nowhere took me back to a memory I haven't thought in 20 years. I remember the first time that I, that I met him, and uh, it's pretty, pr- pretty cool. Hey, one other thing that I wanted to touch on in here, which is really funny, it's a funny conversation to have in, in the year 2020, um, is talking about album track listing and and position of the songs on an album. And why I say that is because now we're living in the age of singles and we're living in the age of streaming. So now it seems like people don't think about that as often. That was so important uh, when, you know, when our bands are starting up until, up until streaming really took over and singles became the thing that was important. And what is funny is that song three and song four on the album were 90% of the time, those were the the singles. And I, I guess my question to you is why? Why wouldn't song one and two be the singles? Or why why wouldn't it be an order of like, oh, we're going to release this song first? That's song one. Why why was it three and four? Do you know? Um, well, I, I think you were trying to make a balanced record back then. I think you had a lead-off track that was just maybe a little more immediate, I don't know, for your for your hardcore fan base. Maybe that was the faster song. And then you got into a little bit of the meat of the record, three or four, and that was your singles. But what you just said is happening now. Now you're front-loading records. We just had, Less Than Jake had this conversation with our label about our new album. You're front-loading your records. So the first song uh, on down is, is, your strong, is your strongest tracks because they know that if people are streaming and they start with a record that they, heck, at this point, they hope they make it to track two or three because people's attention spans aren't what they used to be. Music is free now for the most part. Uh, it's easily accessible through a multiple, multiple platforms and you click on a song I don't like this one. Next. So uh, now you're front-loading albums with, with the best, but I kind of agree with you. I, 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 that's a, a really good point. Of, uh, back in the day, you would have thought that here's the, here's the first single. It's the first track on the record, but it, it typically was, uh, was three, four, five. Right. And it's funny that you, you said this, and I know that Punchline did it like crazy. I know Less Than Jake did it, but those first songs that might not be like a radio single, but they are just like in your face punchline did that so much as so many of our first tracks on our albums are like fast uh punk rock like really in your face i know think about hello rock view you guys come out with uh last one out of liberty city is just in your face and it's awesome but now if you're trying to appeal to a mass audience then maybe you would you would have wanted we'll think about anthem maybe you would have wanted science first or you know something something where the song that would have the most appeal because yeah, I can testify to that man track one now on the last couple punchline albums are all, it's always the track with the most Spotify plays. Cause that, and, that's and, the first one they're hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And it sucks to have to play the Spotify game 
Uh, but you, you kind of have to now. And, and I, believe me, if, if I really do keep my ear to the ground with all new music and I'm always keeping up with, with what's going on and the way people are consuming music. But if there's one thing that's old school about me is I like an album, man. I like to spend my time and, and enjoy an album. Like lately, uh, like an album I can think of that I, I really like lately is the, the latest Tame Paula album. But you got to sit down with that thing and enjoy it as an entire album like you would a Radiohead album or a Bjork album or, or, or anything. Whereas, you, you know, if you're going to enjoy an album that that way, you you want to feel the whole thing and why the artist or band put these songs in this order. Uh, I, I just I still find that enjoyable. Well, yeah, it's really a snapshot of of the last year or two of uh, that band or artist's life. You know that they're documenting, right. uh, documenting through their music, and uh, I've always loved records for that very reason because you're you're actually able to feel it versus just a single here or there. You can't really get the get the full vibe. Yeah, man. And speaking of the full vibe, we've been getting all kind of good vibes around here. Thanks to all the listeners of Krista Makes a Podcast. And the reason for that is because of the generosity of the people that listen. And go to KristaMakesADifference.com and contribute to our monthly charities. Last month, it was Big Brothers, Big Sisters of the Laurel Region, and you guys absolutely killed it. And this month, it's Gilda's Club Middle Tennessee, which is an awesome charity uh, that Chris can tell you about right now. Yeah, Gilda's Club Middle Tennessee uh, is a cancer charity, and uh, this one's near and dear to my heart. Matt Yonker, uh, the drummer for Less Than Jake, his wife Allison, has been working uh, with Gilda's Club for over 15 years, and and uh, again, please go to ChrisMakesADifference.com. It'll link to their site where you can donate. I know cancer affects uh, pretty much everybody uh, <laughs> in the world that I, I've ever met or known. Uh, their, their families have been affected uh, somehow, some way by cancer. So if you could donate, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, from a personal standpoint, I my grandfather passed away from cancer. I've had an aunt who's been battling stage four pancreatic cancer for years and years, but thankfully she's been kicking its ass, which, you know, that's one of the uh, most deadly kinds of cancer you can get. But so I've felt fortunate that she's able to do that. But my point being that we can all relate to having someone close to us or ourselves uh, having cancer. And uh, this is just a great charity. So if you guys can donate even, even a buck or two bucks or five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever you can give, uh, it will go a long way. And, you know, I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but we do supply a free podcast here. So, uh, you know, all we ask is that if you can, if you can afford to, uh, you know, throw a few bucks towards ChristaMakesADifference.com. We would really appreciate it. And uh, so many uh, great things uh, happening here in the month of October. Uh, I just want to give another mention that Less Than Jake, we announced our new record, Silver Linings, uh, on October 1st. Uh, the record will be coming out on December 11th. You can go to Pure Noise Records and uh, get all the associated bundles and everything uh, with the record. Our first single and video is up. Uh, it's called Lie to Me. And uh, can't wait for everybody to hear the rest of the record. The feedback has been uh, been amazing so far. I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, and if you could, I am having an absolute blast producing your songs and collaborating with you live via one-on-one uh, Zoom sessions. So please hit me up at chrisdemakes at gmail.com and uh, we'll work on your tunes. I would love that. And uh, if you haven't already, please join our Facebook group, Krista Makes a Podcast Facebook group. It's free to join. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Lots of great interaction and fun in there. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please do. And please leave a review. Chris loves reviews. 
I absolutely love them, and I love sending you a text with a screenshot of a great review from iTunes. It's exciting to me. And I would like to say one more thing. I can definitely vouch for the quality of the new Less Than Jake album, and I can do that because I've been putting together some lyric videos for you guys for some of the songs. And despite the fact that I now hear these songs over and over and over and over while I make the lyrics dance on the screen, I'm not sick of them yet, man. In fact, I like them more and more. And now I know the words to a couple songs on the album. So everybody's going to be psyched about this album. I could tell you that for sure. And I didn't even pay Chris to say that. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying me to do the lyric videos. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, thanks to each and everyone out there for listening, and we'll see you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.